Hello and welcome to the Optional Podcast, episode number 205 for the week of April 26th, 2020. The Optional Podcast is a show all about the latest in video games and entertainment recorded each week from New York City and bounce around cables and satellites all around the world. And right into your listening device of choice, as always, I'm Paul Tamayo and I'm here with my co-host, Cam Brewster. Yes, we're back again. Still alive. Still live. Still from alive. Reporting live from the uh, apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> and this week, we've got... None other than a Discord moderator, writer, uh, man, what else do you do? You do everything, man. You help out <laughs> you do it with all. so much stuff. You do it all. Uh, Chase Carter is here with us this week. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Hey, I'm the unemployed genius here on the mic. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I right. do it all except got a job. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? We appreciate everything you do regardless. Uh, yeah, man. It's good to be here again. You brought me back, which means I didn't really fuck it up too bad last I time. Oh man. You didn't great. fuck it up at all. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> and now this time you're on the show with Cam. Uh, yeah, so this, is, this makes it official tissue. Last time was just like a test run. But uh, yeah, man, how you been? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, we've been chilling this weekend. We, I think I finally feel like that weird loss of time that you get during all this shit is like settled into what is now, quote, normal for me. I don't really remark upon it anymore. I don't know if that's bad or good, but I'm just sort of flowing. Yeah, it is a weird sort of like, I keep saying it feels like one really long three-day weekend. I feel like any day now, I'm going to wake up. I've had mm-hmm. dreams where I've w- woken up and been like, oh, shit, that was fake. Like, okay, I got to go to work. I got to get ready. Uh, but nope, still living in the nightmare. Um, but yeah, man, uh, tell, uh, tell tell the folks what you do in terms of, uh, you know, get your writing and, and the Discord moderating and all the stuff. You've been helping out also on the on the optional side of things, which honestly cannot thank you enough in real life. But uh, give the people a little rundown of what you do. Yeah, let's break it down. So uh, to pay the bills, I've gone back to freelance uh, reporting within the game space, which is something I did um, before my day job. Um, So I've had some pieces. I just had a piece come out last week in Eurogamer where I talked to some uh, No Man's Sky community folks. Uh, Yeah, it it was a good piece. Uh, I'm pretty proud of it. It's all about like uh, they've got this little world going on where they set up like bits of the real world in order to like feel connected it's called the heart of unity um and there's just i mean it's just another testament to why the no man's sky community is full of just some of the biggest hearts out there um so yeah so i'm still doing some reporting uh out there yeah hear those honks yeah he's honking for you bro (laughs) (laughs) appreciate the love um but on the other side um i'm just trying to stay stay active creatively i'm actually working on with some friends a podcast myself we should actually if all thing goes well we'll launch tomorrow morning Ooh. um so we'll see how that goes um y'all can if you want to get on my twitter anybody listening i'll have some updates on that going out there um and then also to talk about the moderation side yeah i moderate in the optional discord which if you're not in there get in there get in there. the community Jeez. Um, yeah, we have a good time, even if we're just talking shit about Animal Crossing all day long. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I help moderate. Um, I also am helping with the new newsletter, which second issue will go out tomorrow. Oh, Good shit. So if you're not signed up for that, do it. 
Yo, it, that makes me so happy, like, seeing it in my <laughs> mailbox. I woke up, like, early. Well, actually, no, I kind of overslept last Monday, but uh, I woke up, nevertheless, rolled over, and, like, looked at my inbox. I was like, wow. It's yeah. like, it's what, is this what this feels like to, like, hear your song on the radio? Like, <laughs> it, like, never gets old. Um, but, yeah, you've been doing an excellent job with it. Uh, been helping me out in terms of, like, getting. So, for those who haven't subscribed, it is basically our show notes, but just expanded. So, get a brief rundown of everything we talk about with links to everything and maybe some additional bonus content. Maybe we'll throw in some of, uh, maybe we'll throw in that, um, we should actually throw in that No Man's Sky article in there uh, for this week's newsletter. But um, also very happy to see your cat is, uh, you know, handling quarantine really well. Yeah, he's lurking. He's going to be right here the whole time. He just sort of like (laughs) sits there hunched up and just like, oh, for those who can't see this, it is honestly the most adorable thing ever. It's like I'm seeing like three quarters the back of the cat's head because it's just staring in Chase's (laughs) direction. So this is really, really great. Um, But yeah, Cam, what you been up to, man? Man, honestly, this this week being back at work has been like crazy. It's so Mm. busy. And I've been so tired, so I haven't had like a ton of time to like play a ton of games. So that's why my list is a little weird this week. It's like nothing new, but it kind of makes me like appreciate the time that I've had off a lot more, you know. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I've been I've been great. Like quarantine has actually been kind of like the best thing that's happened in a while, just to slow down. Like um, I have like really bad skin, and that's gotten better because I'm not. I guess because like stress and stuff. So since my stress went lower, like my skin's been getting better and it's just, I don't know. I'm just, I've been having a, a decent time besides the work shit. Yeah. Traveling out here in, in Brooklyn is the worst, like the worst trains are packed again. And it's like, you know, like, um, we have a huge homeless community, so that's where they go now that everybody's like mm-hmm. out of the way. Um, but in turn, it means like the trains are filthy and like, it's like, Catch-22 is like, whatever, I'm only on there for an hour, so it's not a big deal for me, but it's just a bad commute. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fight the other day. Did you see that video? I did, yeah. Oh, my like, God. Everyone's wearing masks and, like, minding their own business, and these two guys. Just, like, well, no one, one was breaking it just... up because no one wants to talk touch each other, so it was like, mm. everybody's just yeah. staring at these two guys brawl, which it's is like, the funniest thing ever, but it's wild. <laughs> Yeah, uh, shout out to Irv. Had a really good retweet where he's like, "Man, I'm just waiting for my turn in the gulag." Um, <laughs> but yeah, also like uh, me and my family have been getting together every week and doing like these really long uh, Zoom calls, and we play games and uh, just go through different scenarios and just talk about shit. And it's been yeah. it's been really good. It's like therapy for our family. It's great. Yeah, I'm still trying to like lock down a good way to do that. Like to so I mean I don't know if either of you guys have really good suggestions because I've tried to avoid um i'm trying to avoid using zoom right now because of all the, like the sketchy things surrounding their like privacy stuff i know they've been addressing some things and i know some things are also like as easy as like just put a password on your on your meeting or whatever yeah. um but yeah like yesterday we um we have a friend in brazil and we like caught up to her in terrace house the latest like season that they released in netflix and i was trying to figure out a way to like watch it together and like sign into Mm. netflix so we could both play at the same time with the camera and we wound up just doing it like the old school way like i just we just both booted it up and then we were like all right ready three two one play and we hit play um isn't there like a netflix like party thing yeah but that's like just text chat i believe and um 
it's I think it's like not that great if I if I from what I've heard, but um yeah, I've also like been doing a lot more video calls. Hung out on Friday for a little bit. You 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 came in for a little bit on uh Friday for a little quick video call between um us and all of our friends who are all sort of spread out between New York and all other states uh, around the country. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's been interesting. I I'll talk a little bit more about some video stuff in in the playlist here, but uh, uh you know, I think we should just jump right in. Uh Chase, I'm going to start with you because there's a game in your playlist that I'm like so curious about that I got a chance to see because uh, our other moderator Mo was streaming it um, on the Waypoint Community uh, Twitch channel a game called Horizons Gate uh, tell us about Horizons Gate yeah this is a weird one so first shout outs to uh, the Waypoint podcast because they turned me on to this um, they turned it on uh, they uh, were talking about it and I picked it up and it's been the one game that I've purchased since I think quarantine went down um trying to play through the backlog is like, listen, if I have no reason to go through my backlog, it's this one. Um, so yeah, Horizons Gate is a game uh, by someone who goes by Rad Codex. Uh, their name is Sean Hayden. This is their third game. Uh, if you look at their Steam profile, it's kind of strange because their last two games, one that came out in 2015 and 17, are a lot like this one. Uh, really similar. So it's like a, it kind of has an SNES looking uh, quality to it. Uh, you are... Um, the uh, commandant of a ship uh, with a crew and like at the very beginning shit goes sideways uh, and you lose your crew, you lose your ship, you're, you're betrayed by your nation that you uh, were part of their Navy for. And then you're just sort of set out on your own. And when the game opens up, it's like this big world and you kind of have to like discover what happened and how you're going to get back at this nation that betrayed you um, by either like, cozying up with one of the other nations by amassing a pirate fleet of your own, by just going out and just doing RPG shit, getting powerful, getting buff, grabbing all that gear, and then coming and uh, knocking on their door. The really interesting thing is that, uh, well, two things here. One, it has like that uh, sort of Final Fantasy job system. If you're familiar with games like Final Fantasy V or VI, uh, that old job system where like you don't level up, you like level up jobs and you can switch those in and out. So if you're tired of being a warrior, you can like switch over and like get them some healing spells. Uh, so it, it allows a lot of customization of your different <clears throat> characters that way. Um Along with that, it's got this like big open uh, overworld, which is just like this map that you have to explore. And as you explore, you discover areas that can go and sort of like dock your ship, go in there. And there's normally always something that you can find, uh, bring aboard, maybe some gear, some enemies to fight. What really like hooked me about this game is the way that it doesn't have a linear like path of uh, progression. It's not like, say, um, you know, if we're going to stay in the Final Fantasy milieu, it's not like Final Fantasy VII, which as big as that game is, it is linear, right? Yeah. It has a story and there's a path and you stick to it. As soon as you're thrown out of the gates and after like the first hour of tutorial, you can go to the south, to the west, to the east, and there's just a big open world. And that game will differ greatly depending on which direction you point your ship. Oh, nice. Um, it's just sort of open. And I know that that can be really paralyzing for a lot of folks because uh, if you're not, if you like having that sort of on-rail experience, which I totally get, this game might be a little bit too much for you. But for me, what I like is the way that these like systems interact to like sort of let you tell your own story. Mm -hmm. Like um, the first day I was playing, I uh, just decided to go out and explore the world because one way that you can make money in this game is just by filling in your map. And then you come back to a, a cartographer and they'll pay you based on how much of the world you've discovered. 
So if you don't want to deal with combat at all, you can just be an explorer. Just fill in that map, go check shit out. Uh, there is another function, the look. There's like a look function. So anything in the game, you can click on it. It gives you like three little lines of flavor text for anything from like a beer bottle up to a dragon. And it'll be like, yeah, so this beer bottle, you put beer in it and then you drink it. It's what it is, man. <laughs> or like you you click on this dragon. It's like, yeah, this is like a like hilltop wyvern. and they like sleep for 400 years and then wake up, eat their fill and go back to sleep. You come back and turn that shit in and they'll pay you for that too. Oh, man. So literally you don't have to like really do any combat at all if you didn't want to. This could just be an exploration kind of game. Um, so that first day I set out, pointed my ship in a direction, just sort of set sail. Well, I got into some like hinterlands where nobody had any town set up, so I couldn't fill up on f- on food. And if you don't have food to eat after like the in-game clock ticks around to the next day, your crew starts getting pissed and morale will drop. Oh, and if morale drops uh, low enough, uh, they'll they'll mutiny and kill you, and that's game over. That's what? it. It's over. So you have to like you have to keep your crew happy, which means keeping them fed, which means docking every once in a while to like go to the cafe, grab a beer, grab some sausage or whatever. Um, so I got real deep into the hinterlands around this area, had no food. Uh, my morale was down at 7% and then I found a place discovered up in this like sort of crack up in this, uh, river area. I jump out and it's, it's just an old abandoned jail. This ain't a town. This is an old abandoned jail. And I was like, well, shit, I've like, I'm my crew's about to like leave me. So let's see if I can find some treasure in here and make them happy. So I go down in there into that jail and it is full of puzzles and like these like weird platforming section. And we start descending down this jail and I'm finding a bunch of good loot. So I know I'm somewhere good. And I get down to the bottom and there's like a swamp with like this old altar and some creepy shadow thing like crawling around oh. in the background. And I'm not ready for this. Like, this is my <laughs> second hour in the game. So I pull out my look tool. I grab like, I was like, all right, let me like just get just close enough to identify this thing. It's some like five star discovery. I'm like, oh shit. All right, cool. Grab some food from like a crate, hit my ship and I sail back and I just make it back into town uh, before my crew mutinies to like sort of <laughs> get this shit back in line, turn in my discovery and I make about a hundred times more money than I have for anything else. And I'm set. I buy a new ship. I fill up with food <laughs> and I'm off, man. The, the game turned around. Um, so like, fucking dope. so it's like cool little things like that, where like these systems will interact to just tell a cool story. And it's not anything programmed into the game. There's no mm. real, like there's a little bit of dialogue, but really it's all about like just going out and discovering your own tale, which I, I've put 20 hours into this game so far, so obviously wow. it's hooked me. Yeah. What, yeah. what is this on? Uh, it's on Steam, so you Steam. can play it on your PC. And it's like super low like graphics. Like it looks like an SNES game. So like honestly, if even if you have like some shitty laptop, this thing this thing will run. It's interesting that like hearing you talk about this game, it reminds me of like and Mo actually during his stream, he was also kind of like explaining as he played and um we kept referencing games that like you know from his past that he adored i think there was like a sega game that i can't remember that he was it's called like shining uh forces or something like that yeah like um, shining force 2 i think he said yeah shining force 2 um but he he also mentioned like just like you were just talking about that you could just sort of treat this game like no man's sky and walk around and just like scan everything and just like mm-hmm. collect information and then like hearing you talk about how open the map is reminds me immediately of something like 
Breath of the Wild, where I'm like, ooh, like you keep like checking boxes for me where I'm like, and then, I, I, you know, I can't not mention this, but watching this stream too and like hearing all that music um, reminded me of a lot of a game that I actually played a demo for recently, um, like the other day, the Bravely Default 2 demo on Switch, but it also mm. reminded me of like my time playing it on 3DS. And that music is so cool and hearing you talk about the job system reminded me of that game as well. And I'm like, damn, this is like a like a, a nice stew of a game that like has ingredients from a lot of different games that I really, really love and like games that I uh, find rewarding for a million different reasons that just doesn't focus on like, like you said, like one thing like combat or, or whatever. It seems like it allows enough space there for you to create your own adventures and your stories like hearing you talk about finding that jail and going into the jail and finding the monster like i was like holy shit what's gonna happen next it really <laughs> does feel like a like a D campaign or something yeah yeah for sure yeah that's awesome though man uh i gotta definitely check this game out it's like i wish listed it but i'm uh between you mo and i still haven't listened to the last waypoint podcast so i should also uh i guess brush up on that as well but i'm just gonna jump in at this point it's like yeah. fuck it man i got nothing but time so i i got I got some space on the, on my playlist for this one. Um, let's talk about um, Animal Crossing since I know all three of us have been playing this one. Uh, I have. I told myself last week I was like, yeah, I'm gonna slow down a little bit. I'm gonna like you know I'm kind of cooling off. I've, I think I spent like in the past two days like uh, you know an embarrassing amount of uh, hours playing this game uh, for a variety of different reasons too. I mean Sundays like turn up days, so thankfully uh, Julius Ren Julius in the chat was nice enough to. Uh, hook us up with uh, with that affordable turnip price um but um yeah how, how have y'all been uh playing animal crossing camp you want to kick things off yeah uh i've decided to like jump in full force and play more now especially since i'm at work and traveling a lot more I mean, my switch is like my best friend now so um yeah i fucking <laughs> yesterday i had like a really bad well the day before i guess i had a really bad headache um, that was the night we were all supposed to get together and have that video call. Um, and then it bled over into the next day. So I kind of forgot to play at all yesterday. And I didn't sell any of my my stocks. No. Yeah. no. So this morning I woke up like, ooh. And then I was like, it's Sunday. Oh, fuck. And it was all spoiled. And I had like, so, oh. like I spent probably like 400000 Oh, just Just done. There's a bunch of ants on my island now, which is kind of cool. But Damn. um Whatever, it's, I could always make it back, man. Um, yeah, but uh, I had some friends come over today. Like my friend Chelsea came came through, and she was just romping around. And then I had my like um, my gates open just generally, and like it was like someone's coming to your island. I was like, who the fuck? I didn't invite anybody. And it was Irv. Uh, he got the game. <laughs> a good friend of ours. Uh, he got the game yesterday, and he just like he was like, I'm trying to figure it out. So he was. <laughs> <laughs> just not doing anything i was like er, follow me follow. i was like trying to give him shit um and then he just left like out of nowhere i was like what the hell so random he didn't like text weird. me or anything what a weirdo yeah. what a weirdo <laughs> but it was like one of the best things ever just to see Er's character just like standing there staring at me um like, yeah he I- asked me a while ago like when it first came out he's like should i get this game and i was like honestly i don't know but like he he also loved breath of the wild so yeah. i felt like He's kind of got the the brain for it, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I, I just want to see how weird his island gets because he's one of the funniest people ever. Um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so like I've been going like kind of super hard, just trying to beeline to the credits, um, just getting all the the residents that I need. 
Uh, I think my island is like pretty decent look wise, but I think I just don't have enough people to get the KK concert. Um, hmm. But yeah, I'm super excited to get that the the end game so I can really do what I want to do. That's like the idea I have in my head of my island. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, yeah. I'm super hyped, and I've been breeding a ton of flowers. And I just found out today, like me, me and my uh, work friends, we have a, a group chat where we just talk about like tips and tricks and stuff like that. And uh, just found out that if you have your friends water your plants, uh, you can breed flowers yeah. faster. I didn't know that at all. Thanks for telling me, guys. You guys already yeah. knew. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I appreciate no, that. Just today. I swear I didn't know that. Uh, um, but yeah, so we just found that out. So we were doing that today. So that, that was really fun. Uh, that's like my yeah. favorite thing to do. Like the top of my island is like the, the plateau or whatever, uh, the tier three is like all flowers like that was my goal from the beginning just to plant all these flowers so i like i have like this idea of like what i want to do and i have like a pattern going and that's that's just always fun like gardening in that game Um, yeah 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 i just recently learned that um because my partner actually was talking about it and was like i also like i forgot what i was doing i forgot what i oh i think i was like i needed money to like help you know, finish funding a bridge that I was mm. working on. So I was like, yo, let me hold down 50000 real quick. <laughs> and then, um, so I went through to her island and she was like, all right, you got to earn it though. She got to, you got to water all these flowers. <laughs> so I like, I was like, that's, first of all, that's racist. You made me the gardener <laughs> off jump. Fuck you. So then I went to her island and I like watered all the flowers and shit. And then she just dropped, she, she actually dropped the money by the, like the airport entrance. She's like, all right, money's over there. You can pick it up and get the hell out of here. So, um, I felt like such a, yeah, it just felt yeah. awful. But that, that's um, better than like, you know, the other predatory practices that people do. Yeah. Like I rather that's work true. for the And I actually, than... I participated in some of that this week, um, because nobody I knew, I mean, there were like a couple prices, but I'm like a snob. I'm like, it's gotta be over 550 yeah. for me personally speaking. So, um. I didn't find anybody. I'm also like in multiple group chats where like it's interesting finding out like the optional discord, by the way, has been phenomenal for that kind of stuff. Everyone in there has been like super cooperative and, and I, I just love seeing it. I just like I lurk sometimes. I'm just like, look at this. Look at this wonderful <laughs> community. Uh, yeah. And then um, so I couldn't find anybody that had like more than 550 this week. And it's interesting also finding out in different Slack or not Slacks, uh, group chats, the sort of like the the tiers in which people are playing this game like there are people like me and i'm assuming you guys and my partner who are like we are kind of weirdos about this game like we have things that we need we have like things we won't settle for and like some of my other friends for example who aren't as tapped into like the twitterverse and like you know youtube or whatever twitch or whatever um they're just like oh wow my turnips are selling for 150 everybody come on over they're like oh and i'm like Yo, y'all need to fucking, please. <laughs> what the hell, fucking plebeians? Yeah. Um, so I did one of those things. I did the, um, I forget what it's called. It's like a website uh, where you can just sort of like queue up for people's islands. Although I saw a Twitter thread about that this week about like how technically speaking that could maybe violate like Nintendo's terms of service and stuff like that because you're kind of like those websites in particular. I know one of the subreddits, I think, removed links to that. Um, website because it's like a tool that was basically created that kind of you know um, just like wasn't done with like Nintendo's permission and basically like kind of you know encourages folks to like quote unquote cheat or something like that Um, but uh, I still did it I did it before I read that Twitter (laughs) thread Um, so if they come after me uh, I may I might stop playing this game but um, Chase I'm curious to know what uh, what's been going on with you and Animal Crossing New Horizons 
Yeah, so I'm definitely, like you said, one of those weirdos who uh, just played the game super hard coming out. Um, and I think I finally got to the point where, um, who was it? Um, Chris Franklin uh, Campster on Twitter, who's like a, a great like games YouTuber. Um, he said like he's, he's he likes playing these games like a bon- like bonsai tree where just like every oh, yeah. once in a while just kind of prune it. I thought that was a really great metaphor. And that's where I am now where I'm basically pruning the bonsai tree of my yeah. island. Like, I just said I, the same thing. That's crazy. Oh shit. Well, yeah, it's a good metaphor, man. Like <laughs> it's, it's spot on. Cause that's what I'm doing. Like I'll play, I get about an hour of playtime. Like I check my shop, uh, check Mabel's water the flowers that I need to like, go see what's going on on the Island. And then like, I guess I'm kind of done. Like I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll see you guys tomorrow. And like, yeah. I'm still playing every day, but it's much less than that, like six hours or four hours that I was playing at the beginning. So it's yeah. slowing down, but it's still definitely a part of my day. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool how you can like, I mean, I've also been saying like how easy it is to just like, let it accommodate different, uh, you know, needs for you. So you can mm-hmm. check in for 30 minutes or you can check in for five hours. Right. Um, it just really depends on you know, how much you want to do. And I, I know folks who are like already time skipping and stuff or people who are considering time skipping. And for me, I feel like, and pretty much everybody who's been playing this has like leapfrogged over me. And like, I mean, talking about Ren's Island oh my in the Discord. Yeah. Yo, it is like the most beautiful island I've seen personally. It's bananas. And it is. Yeah, it's crazy. He's got like a Chili's. He's got a, a family <laughs> mart. Um, there was one part of his island where like I ran up to like the, I ran up a slope and there were like a couple chairs, some coffee on some tables and like some book shelves. And I was just like, damn, I just want to live here. I just want to <laughs> like just, just chill here and read a book. How um, have you guys been liking the, uh, the art stuff? So I just got into it. I got like the one painting and the museum finally opened up and I have access to the boat. I bought Starry Night, but the thing that intimidates me is the fact that like you could you have to like look out for fakes. or at least it did it you have to look out, you have to, you have to look out <laughs> for fakes and some mm-hmm. of them like there's a graph out there floating around that's easy to sort of you know decipher which ones are real and which ones are fake and there are some that are just like only real ones like there aren't fake versions of them and one of them was starry night but there was like it's kind of like obvious especially like maybe not for everybody but um we were joking about it uh this morning in the discord with with ren again and uh, we were talking about like, um, you know, four years of art school really came <laughs> came in handy because we're like, wow, good thing I fucking learned all this stupid shit about the Dutch masters or whatever. Because I'm like, or even like, um, like one example that I mentioned in the Discord that happened on the boat where I was on was like, it was the painting, the girl with the pearl earring. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's in the title, but the earring was like this star. It was like fake. So you could tell it was like a forged item, but it, it seems to be pretty easy to tell even if you have that graph so on hand, but explain what happens if you come across a fake, like and you buy it and you bring it to blathers. I'm not sure. Cause I think the first thing you have to do is like, so with the common painting and the, the other starry night one that I got, like, I think I just went up to him and I was like, Hey, I have a donation. And I think he assesses it there and tells you whether or not it's real or fake. Um, then I think it's like probably up to you. Like you want to just keep it or maybe try to sell it again or I'm not sure. I think sure. that's fun. So, I don't know. I like that. Yeah. yeah. If it's uh, the way it worked in like past games, and I think it's still the same here is that like, of course he won't accept it. And then like, you can still decorate with it. It'll just look different. Which I mean, <laughs> yeah. then you get into conversations about like, what do we care about in art and like what's right. value in art and all that sort of shit. Um, and, uh, or you can, Ooh, I think new in this game, what I heard is that you can't sell it you have to throw it away. So it's either a decoration oh, okay, or it's trash. Gotcha. 
Wow. Yeah. That's, you know what? It's my money. I should do whatever the fuck I want with it, Nintendo. Um, <laughs> I wonder if they have Yeah, but the actual... Oh, that'd be fire. Um, the uh, The museum itself is beautiful. Have, have you guys got a chance to like walk around it? The music yeah. is so good. Mm-hmm. Really good. They um, do that so well. I'm yeah, always so I'm, impressed. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to like really spend some time in there and just like, I think that's like, if they continue to update things in that way, I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm ever going to stop playing this game because we were even talking about like, man, I can't wait for the fall. I can't wait for winter when like new clothes, new like, you know, there's going to be snow and the trees will change. Like, yeah, this game is some next level stuff, man. And I am, I'm glad that I got a chance to finally get into Animal Crossing the way everyone else seems to. So, um, yeah, it's been really, really cool so far. Um, okay, uh, what is this last game on your playlist, Chase? I'm, I'm very curious. Oh, yeah, so this is a good one. Um, so this is a game called This Too Shall Pass, but it has a what the developer calls a B-Sides remix called This Too Has Passed. So This Too Shall Pass is a uh, game that you can't play, probably, um, because there are only five copies on USBs traveling the world. And they've been doing so for about a year and a half now. Um, so the developer, Mark Loths, uh, developed this game. It's all about like sort of like the climate crisis going on. Uh, he took uh, data, plant and uh, landscape data from New Zealand, where he's from, and so and procedurally generated the world. So whenever you load up this game, it'll start proc genning the world around you. And then you just sort of like it's, it's a walking simulator and you walk around the world and like see the different landscapes, all of these plants. There are different biomes that you can encounter. And then there's also some like weird sort of like metaphysical like God stuff going on. Like you come across the seven virtues that might have saved humanity if we had paid attention. <laughs> um, and so, so it's very much a like a this is what you're going to lose, which is why there's only five copies is because like you you will almost almost nobody if the, it continues this way will be able to witness this beauty. Like this is already dwindling and disappearing from our lives. So it's as much an art project as it is a game. You can, you can't play it, but what you can do, there is a Twitter uh, for the game. It is, um, excuse me, at fle- uh, a fleeting world uh, on Twitter. And so inside the game, there's these little light balls that you can come across. And if you interact with them, it'll take a screenshot of the game and post it to this Twitter account. Uh, with uh, coordinates and these are rough coordinates so you don't know exactly where these people are but they line up with the real world so you can see where these games have been and where they're going oh this looks looks interesting yeah it's super cool um the game that you can play this too has passed is in stark contrast a black and white monochrome wasteland where nothing is alive so it is almost like you playing the game that's circling the world right now after everything's gone to shit and there's no chance of coming back. Whoa. And the the price for this game, this is another part of that art project, the price for this game changes monthly based on the average uh, global temperature in Celsius. So right now Plus it's $16. Uh, and if it gets hotter, that game gets higher. Um, yeah. Wow. And any money, wow, I believe... Yeah, any money that uh, uh, goes to this game plants trees in New Zealand. There's a, a project in New Zealand that plants replants trees in the environment. So that's where the proceeds for the game goes. Uh, this game, uh, it's going to end on May 1st. It is right at the end of its cycle. So the game will shut off. The world will stop generating. And even those five people, if you have the USBs, you can't play it anymore. The project's over. So it is wow. a re- it's really cool to see this sort of like... Yeah, half art project, like installation, half game play out. I've been watching the the Twitter go through, and it's 
I don't know. It's it's some cool stuff. It's a it's a really interesting like indie game that like plays with distribution and access and who can play it and how you look at the game, how you interact with it in really interesting ways. Yeah, this sounds like you know a, a very cool test bed or like a little petri dish for an idea that I feel like the next iteration hopefully will sort of open the gates a little more for folks Mm -hmm. to check in. But I feel like this sounds like something Hideo Kojima is definitely taking notes on and being like, (laughs) oh, crap, I got to, like, someone did this better. Um, Because, yeah, I've also been thinking about that a lot recently and, like, low-key wanting to maybe even rewatch, like, a a Let's Play of Death Stranding. But this sounds like such a cooler uh, version of that. I'm sure there's probably some video essays up on YouTube about this game uh, that I'm going to devour after this episode now because this sounds like such a brilliant idea and like the kind of stuff that like you want to see more of because mm. like you know like we have our No Man's Skies and like I said Death Stranding and stuff like that but to see this come from like a community and and it seems like it's coming from like a real I don't know just like a more um, interesting perspective especially with what it's saying in relation to like you know, climate change and stuff like that. So um, really cool, man. I want to see more of this kind of stuff for sure. So always glad to hear about this kind of, this, these kind of games. Um, all right, cool. Uh, Cam, what you got for us? Yeah, so since I haven't been playing much, um, I figured I'd start cleaning up some games that I just put down. Um, so I was like looking through my Switch. I was like, oh shit, Dragon's Dogma, my favorite game in the world ever. And uh, so I'm gonna, I've been diving into that. Uh, just kind of beelining again to the to the end of the game. Uh, same thing with Shenmue Two. Uh, I definitely want to like this. This time has always been kind of weird, I guess. Like, there's never too much to play around the springtime. Uh, this like early on in the year, there's always like one big game and then like nothing after it. Um, and since I usually don't play a lot of games anyway during this time, I figured I'd jump in and just start cleaning up my my drives because I want to. Uh, I definitely want to get into um, the DLC for um, what was that game on on uh, that game that I love most here? Control, yes. Oh, dude, I definitely want to DLC is good. I saw a video the other day on YouTube of someone playing. I was like, oh shit! I like turned it off. It was like autoplay or whatever. <laughs> I was like, what is this? I was like, oh shit! I forgot there was DLC. Um, so I'm definitely gonna buy that, but I just want to clear out some shit because I'm notorious for putting shit down um which is not a big deal for me but like i just feel like wasteful sometimes now that i had the time so i can kind of get through it so i got dragon's dogma and and shinmu that i'm gonna breeze through and then i was looking on game pass and uh i think i want to try out metro exodus i didn't know that was on there Mm. so i think i want to get it's pretty good yeah uh what about you i played it on stadia for a little bit uh but we don't we don't talk about stadia in this house anymore um no so yeah i mean i forgot to mention one quick thing in animal crossing new horizons but last night i got a chance to uh play with my nephew and i haven't had a you know haven't been able to yeah i know he's eight years old now he's like a fully sentient human being (laughs) and has opinions and and taste now Weird, right um really weird really really weird um but yeah it was really cool because like we hopped on a video call and like um you know we he was so excited to like have me come over to his island and also like give me a tour and it was like you know he's definitely like working at his island he's got like paths everywhere and he's been doing a lot of art and stuff it's amazing the stuff that he's been coming up with and then i was like hey why don't you come over to my island real quick and then i showed him like the little you know my house with like all the floors that i have now and rooms and stuff and his 
little mind was like blown he's to like, smithereens and you couldn't like understand. Yeah, he's like, how do you do this? <laughs> and then this morning I woke up to a, um, a message, like something in the mail from him. He sent me like a stereo and he was like, this was 6,000 bells. Um, <laughs> he wants you to so know. So <laughs> it's really cool. I sent him. Yeah, yeah. He's like, just, just so you know. So I sent him like a pinball machine and I might send him something else tonight. Uh, something I might send him like the uh, arcade game, like the fighting game. But um, it was so cool to be able to like, you know, and my sister was there the whole time and my niece and other nephew were also in the room, like bouncing around the walls. But um, it was so cool to get a chance to, you know, communicate and like hang out with my nephew because I, I miss them dearly. So it was kind of nice to um, have this really cute interaction. And I got a text from my sister this morning, like he wants to visit you again today. So if you have time, I'm like, yeah, I got some time. I'll, I'll hang out <laughs> That's later. So cute. Um, yeah, super, super adorable. Um, but in addition to that, just been doing more ring fit. I think this is technically week four of me consistently doing it. And props. Yo, yeah, thank you, man. I, I'm not kidding you. I like feel it in my body. Like we did a grocery run yesterday and like the stairs don't, I, I said this last week too, but like the stairs don't get me winded as easily anymore. Like lifting things and like I can feel it in my abs a little bit. Like it's really incredible, man. Like, and, the, and I up the difficulty. So it's like really kicking my butt recently. So, um, and then in addition to ring fit, there was actually this weekend, a new Maximus cup for Tetris 99. And, um, I got a chance to play yesterday on stream and I like did a quick warm up game and I lost at like seven, 70th place or something. I was like, Oh, that was trash. I just wanted to like make sure everything worked like audio wise and stuff. So I got five points. The way it works is like when you win, Based off of like how you perform each round, you get points. You like you, you know, you um, get points towards a goal, and I think the goal is 100 points to unlock the ring fit theme. And so you don't have to win, so you can play technically like a bunch of times and get the points uh, to unlock it. So then I was like, all right, let me stream real quick. So I hopped on the stream. Very first game, got a win, <laughs> and I immediately got 100 nice. points at 105 points. Uh, so I just kept playing. I just kept playing for like another like few hours to try to get one more win. And um, it was a lot of fun. Like I had, I had a decent turnout. Um, what's it called? Uh, shout out to uh, Head Deck Knees and Toes, who uh, became my very first Twitch subscriber. Oh, uh, yes, man. Yeah. That's dope. Thanks, man. Yeah. I'm like learning Twitch right now. I feel like such a like a boomer right now, like trying to be like Google, like what is affiliate? What does a <laughs> subscription mean? I added How like sound reset? effects on there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you uh, get some hype going in the chat? Um, but I have like this little panel underneath my like Twitch video player. Like if you if you tune in and it has like sound effects, so I added like the flex bomb and I added um, the optional podcast drop and stuff like that. So just to encourage some like you know interactivity while I stream. But yeah. it's been a lot of fun. I've been having a really good time streaming on Twitch. Um, so I might bump it up to three days a week this week, and I'm gonna finalize the schedule. Finalize the schedule and everything. But I've also been doing Doom Eternal a little bit here and there. I can really only play that game for like 30 minutes at a time. Yeah. It's like... Too intense. It's like... Yeah, man. It's like chugging like so, like a really sweet iced tea. At like You can only have so much. You got to like water it down a little bit. And like I can't... I can't just like chug it every time. I have to really like pace myself because yeah. it feels like... I mean, I'm having a good time with it. Like it, I think I'm around the like 11 or 12 hour mark. And I know it takes about like 20 hours to beat. Mm -hmm. So a part of me feels like, man, I want this shit to wrap up already. But then another part of me, like it finally clicked after like 10 or 11 hours where like I can 
because the game is constantly so you have like I've talked about it before but like you have a huge arsenal of weapons and abilities to choose from and upgrades and skill trees and weapon enhancements and um you're con- so you have so much on your mind while you play that game that I, it just finally clicked for me where I'm like okay let me switch to this gun attachment let me use this grenade let me use this you know flamethrower thing and let me use this chainsaw here and th- so it finally clicked in a way that like it feels really 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 fun not that it didn't before but now it feels like I feel a little bit more comfortable when I play mm-hmm. it but even then it still feels like a little too much at times like I don't know if like I don't know. I, I want to beat it. I'm having a good time with it, but I'm also like, all right, guys, wrap it up, B. Come on, let's, <laughs> let's let's get this over with. Um, yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's everything I've heard about that game is that it's it's just too much. Like they had a point where they could have stopped and it would have been fantastic, and then they just kept going just too much. Yeah, yeah. It definitely is a case of like, I don't know, like hat on a hat or a little too much <laughs> icing on the cake where you're mm. like, damn, this cake was good enough. You didn't have to add so much, uh, you know sugar to it um so yeah it's, it's still fun though i think if it like i don't know if you if you want something like that it really is kind of cathartic to just run around and just like lay waste to demons and see their like i don't know their like guts split <laughs> split up everywhere when you like throw a grenade um but yeah um all right cool so uh jumping into the news for this week our first story um Kind of interesting. The saga continues with GameStop here. Uh, I'm taking this from Polygon, but uh, GameStop announces executive pay cuts will reopen some stores amid COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so yeah, this has been an ongoing saga, like I said, but they finally announced plans to help deal with the impact on its business caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. This includes executive pay cuts, furloughs for employees, and reopening some stores, which is something that I'm like, huh? Okay, mm-hmm. well, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, but George Sherman, GameStop CEO, will be taking a temporary base salary reduction of 50%, while Jim Bell, chief financial officer, and the remainder of the executive leadership team will be taking a reduction of 30%. Directors will receive 50% less cash compensation from the board of directors. In addition, um, other members of the corporate staff and operating units will receive pay cuts and furloughs. GameStop announced plans for reopening retail locations in the coming weeks internationally and in two u.s states as gamestop was unable to pay a portion of certain lease payments due to government regulations and certain landlord decisions to close properties the company is in discussions in how to defer or abate these payments in the coming months so it's really strange also i'm very confused by this the company said it has begun the process of reopening stores in italy germany austria and the states of South Carolina and Georgia is preparing for the potential to reopen in other um, operating countries and states in the coming weeks. So very, very like, first of all, while that like all of a sudden they were like, oh, shit, why don't we take 30 percent and 50 percent pay cuts and, and whatever the hell cash compensation from the board of directors uh, means, I guess I'm I'm too stupid to understand that. But um, probably like what also worries me is. Yeah, I'm sure that probably means bonuses or whatever. But also just like, yeah, the fact that they're looking to open some stores in the coming weeks is also a little alarming in my opinion. Um, I feel like, I mean, this conversation has been going on for, you know, weeks at this point in terms of people discussing like reopening stuff for business and, you know, saving the economy and doing your part as an American. Um, (laughs) I'm curious, Chase, what you think about all this stuff? Yeah, um, I mean... We've all been in a GameStop. We know how it goes in there. They've got those stations where you can like go and play games. It's just going to be a hotbed of like spreading this stuff back around. Um, 
it's understandable. I can imagine that like these like uh, cuts in base pay is just to try to help maybe bounce that stock price back up because like, listen, whenever you hear about executives, anybody at an executive level taking a base pay cut, what's not said there is all the other pay options that they have uh, at their disposal. They, they like stock options, other payouts, like all that other stuff. That stuff's not getting um, uh, cut down as much as their base salary, but uh, all the employees, all the hourly workers, they don't have those sort of options available. So it's really the, the parity there of like who's giving up what just isn't on the same level. Um, so yeah, so I got to imagine that all this is just to try to like get the public image back up, get that stock price raised just enough so that they don't have to immediately begin liquidating everything. Because I don't think any of us would uh, disagree with the fact or with the statement that GameStop is like two feet in the grave trying to pull itself back up out of that hole by any means necessary. Yeah. Reggie bringing it on was like a try to like a vote of confidence from the public, right? That's mm. that's what it was, and I think this is just another thing. But whenever you do it in the face of a pandemic, people are going to get sick, and I mean, God forbid, like dived for the sake of your company. Yeah, pretty wild, Kim. What do you think, man? I don't know. I you know I don't fuck with this company, but um, I mean, I'm yeah. I'm just like hopefully hopefully the the workers can get um, unemployment and. I'm I'm afraid for Georgia and shit though like the employees that are opening up these new stores like do they have any choices like are right, you going to come back and then get sick like I I just don't know what the like are they choosing are they like um having people volunteer to come back I guess you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. people who were like furloughed yeah. or whatever so I don't know man I just don't trust this shit like cuz it's so vague like what does that mean like half of their cash compensation like like, I don't. I just don't understand. But yeah, it seems it yeah. seems like their bonuses yeah. were cut or something like that. And like Chase kind of hit it right on the head. Like there's they're still getting paid their like stock options and shit like that. Like yeah, yeah. It's also uh, more than certain uh, media company CEOs are fucking taking right now. So <clears throat> at least uh, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, drop one of these in here uh, for, <laughs> for the uh, fucking <laughs> private equity fucks out there. But um. Yeah, just really strange that they're, I don't know, I guess we'll see how this unfolds. But yeah, I'm really worried about the folks in Georgia and, and even in like in Italy and Germany or wherever else. Like, it doesn't seem like a great idea. Like, it doesn't, I don't know. It's just very, very strange. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, cool. Our next story, kind of a, not really so much a story, but a very weird thing that happened that we kind of saw coming from a mile away. That I'm surprised it didn't come out sooner. But um so if you played Death Stranding, you saw um, I forget what this, I forget what his name is, but the uh, the dude behind acronym he's in the game. He's like I think one of the people in like the Weather Tower or something like that. But uh, acronym for those who don't know is a very expensive uh, fashion brand that specializes in like things with like Gore-Tex and like techwear and like you know waterproof stuff. And um, so they just released a collaboration with acronym, um, for death stranding. And there's a jacket that they revealed finally that I'm not going to front looks pretty freaking cool. If you're into that sort of like tech wear aesthetic, which I know a few people who are like super into it, Mm -hmm. but they're also, it's also like not cheap by any means. Uh, this jacket in particular has like little details and, and zippers and, and, uh, materials and stuff on it that like make it feel like it's from something from like 
2050 like from the future um and it has like the the bridges logo on it i think it says like time fall resistant on it as well it's, like got some removable things so it's like a really nice piece of um you know of like uh, uh of clothing but it's also got like an 1800 price tag on it so it's like for the biggest of stands out there and hype beasts um i'm sure everyone is like pleased to uh to jump on that train but um I'm just curious to know uh, how you guys feel about this. I, I will say before I move on, though, like, I think it is kind of cool. I would love to see more stuff like this happen, but not with an $1,800 price tag. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm curious to know what, what y'all think. I think it looks actually pretty slick. Like, it looks really nice. But um, the thing about, like, these, like, um, these like uh, wearable tech shits are, like, it looks cool on the model every time. Like, this guy looks cool as shit. But when I get it, it's not it's not gonna look like that. You know what I'm saying? Like when I put my fucking big ass yeah. fucking tablet in there, it's, yeah. it's not gonna look cool. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. You got a backpack on? Yeah, and my arms are way too long for this jacket. I can already tell. It doesn't have any give to it. Um, Chase, you buying some acronym? You buying some stock at acronym, or what you doing? No, 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 not at all. I am laughing at uh, if you scroll down these photos, it looks like on the neck part, if you zip the the neck part all the way up, it has like a magnetic Velcro strip or something where you can like pop your uh, earbuds on there and oh they just sort of like stick God. to the side. Yeah, it's just hanging there. Just hanging I will on say there. though, I will say I love how like modular a lot of their stuff is. And in this case, mm-hmm. this jacket seems like the collar zips into the hoodie and you can remove the the hoodie if you wanted to, which I don't know why you would, honestly, but you can also pop that collar based off of the way he's styled it. Um, but yeah, Cam, I think you're right. I think like 80% of why this thing looks so freaking cool to begin with is because it's on him and he looks... <laughs> He looks like a badass in anything, yeah. like in just like a white T-shirt and some sweatpants. So, but like, um, um, but yeah, me. The, the back profile of this jacket is really cool. Like, I think that's a bit like the straps and shit look really cool. Um, but eighteen hundred, man. My Trump check Oof. won't even cover most. <laughs> Yo, of it. word, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, um, it is cool to like see this though as like a continuation of uh, Kojima's like love of fashion like i don't know if uh, either of y'all played uh mgs5 but like he has a long standing thing of like you could buy his sunglasses like even now if you go and play the game it still has like the branding and like link to his sunglasses if you want to buy them it's it's just such a funny thing i love it It, it's like it's kind of silly and it's also like apparently from what i heard from um an old former colleague like it's a very like japanese thing to like if you have a song come on like you're video or show or whatever sometimes they'll put like a lower third that says what the thing is oh, cool. and it's very like apparent in um in death stranding anytime you see something or like in metal gear like you said in the past it'd be like ray-ban or whatever the fuck it was it's like all right i mean i guess this is like like part of how you pay the bills because i mean if this eventually becomes a, a video show one day you better believe i'm also like halfway through the show i'm put on a pair of shades it's gonna be like ray-ban or some shit yeah or acronym's gonna be sponsoring and i'm gonna be in a hoodie the whole time um so I guess I understand. I love uh, I love when they yeah. put stuff like uh, it says up to twenty eight percent more breathable, more breathability compared to previous Gore Tex products. It's like what does that mean? It's like when companies <laughs> were like this is like thirty percent softer than than cotton. It's like what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, what does that mean? Thirty <laughs> percent? How do I how do I understand this? Um, all right, cool. And our last story for the week: Animal Crossing: New Horizons sold five million copies in. 
digitally in March 2020, most for any console game ever in a single month, taking this from NintendoEverything.com. But yeah, a new report from Super Data reveals that Animal Crossing New Horizons sold 5 million copies worldwide in March. With that success, the Switch title broke the console record for monthly digital game sales. Call of Duty Black Ops 4 previously held that record. Super Data further reports that Animal Crossing New Horizons, quote, also roughly matched first month digital sales of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and Pokemon Sword and Shield put together. That's technically three damn games. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of like hard to deny. I mean, like you can take a guess all you want, but like, yeah, this this pandemic has definitely played a role. I think it also hit right at the perfect time before like shit really started hitting the fan and like, you know, people started really feeling feeling the impacts of COVID-19 and stuff, but uh, yeah, pretty wild, man. I'm curious to see what other games have also been sort of like selling well as a result. It's kind of like a weird thing to talk about, but it's also kind of interesting from like a, just like a, I don't know, um, just thinking about how it relates to COVID-19 and the way people are trying to just escape Mm -hmm. this stuff because like i mean i talked about doom before but that game does so much to you into your brain that you like you kind of like can't think about anything else so it kind of feels good to play that game in in that way uh i'm curious to know uh what you guys think about this i think this is great um, it just sales shows still how like dominant uh nintendo can be like it gets overshadowed a lot by uh, by playstation and uh xbox microsoft and sony but like Nintendo's still a behemoth, man. Like they still know how to make these bangers, like, and they know how to like space it. They do everything like right. It's it's kind of like you said, like yeah. last week. It was like um, like about their their online stuff is like they don't have to really mold to anybody else's model. They can just do you know march to their own drum. So it's like I don't know. I I, I love it. I love to hear this shit. It's weird. Man. <laughs> it's wild. It, I don't know. It's just, it just makes Chase. me feel like I made the right choice by buying this game. Yeah, yeah, it's been really cool to see like how many like sort of like friends, friends of friends, like these sort of like tertiary uh, acquaintances like have been picking it up. Like we'll have like either myself or my partner will like get on. They've been doing this cool thing, which I think is a really cool idea. They have like a swap meet where everyone brings the, the best 10 things from their uh, uh, catalog. And then they just like partition off the beach and then everyone goes around to pick it up. That way you can fill out the catalog of stuff that you can order. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like uh, a really neat idea, but like they had people show up that I don't think I've ever remembered them playing a video game in their life, like never being a part of this, but they're in it. They're on Twitter. Like we have a friend who's like big into K-pop and then she got into, uh, to Animal Crossing. She picked it up kind of late, just like maybe about a week ago. She immediately started following all the biggest Twitter accounts because she's (laughs) tapped in in that way, but she found those Twitter accounts. And so she's like in the fandom now. So I think that's a big part of what has made it so big is that like with nothing else to do, we're just sitting here on Twitter, like engaging with the big accounts, talking to each other, sharing screenshots and videos. And that cultural zeitgeist is powerful. Oh, yeah. It's big, big. time. Yeah. It's also, like, yeah, I think that's a huge part of it is like I'm, I've also been seeing folks who like n- I feel like don't play games as much. And I even had a friend um, earlier today text us a photo of like their new Switch Lite. They're like, oh, we've got an extra Switch to play this. So it's uh it's pretty wild, man. It's, mm. it's it's. I think it's also just really tapping into everybody's creative energy right now because there are some folks who, you know, um, they they need somewhere to put this energy, and that means like interior decorating, or that means making new designs, and like, I mean, 
it's it's really like a yeah, it's interesting that it's taking off at this time. I'm I'm very curious to see how many people they who stick around at least in the Nintendo sort of ecosystem once hopefully mm-hmm. COVID sort of starts to go not not be as much of a giant issue and things and sort of return to normal, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen anytime soon, unfortunately. Um, and thankfully, this game seems to be something that you can do. Um, it's like a one-time buy-in thing, and you just like play it all year. So it's it, it's a very Nintendo mm-hmm. thing to do, right? It's like it's not going to have like a seasonal battle pass, at least as far as I know. Um, who knows where the the BR is going to come into Animal Crossing? Mm-hmm. But um, all right, um, all right, cool. Let's just jump into. Are y'all good? You need to take a break, or you, can chilling. we just let's, power right through? through? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. Let's do it. Um, jumping into questions for the week. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to send an email directly to us at questions at the-optional.com. We'll also um, provide links to everything into the, in the show notes and also the newsletter, so definitely subscribe. Um, but you can also drop them into our questions channel on our Discord or send us a voice message using the Anchor app on your phone. Just click that link in the in the show notes right there. Send us an, uh, a voice message. So Carl sends in a question, uh, and he asks... How have you felt about the latest AAA remakes um, like Resident Evil 3 and Final Fantasy 7 and their treatment of minority characters and women? For me, Final Fantasy 7 seems to have a larger degree of issues with it with how female characters are framed in shots, their primary focus of the female characters in relation to you, uh, Thirsty uh, being an understatement, the only black guy in the game talks in nothing but jive and noticing that they didn't know how to model curly hair for black people so you know the list can sort of go on and on and on um uh how do y'all feel about this yeah curious i mean it's pretty apparent like from what i've read especially like you know like the big ass elephant in the room is like barrett's awkward ass Mm -hmm. fucking portrayal um in this game from which i hear also like he's like has some depth to him which is like also more like disappointing that they didn't make yeah. him a full person, you know, like why go that far to make him an actual character and then just not take that, make him a little subtle. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's like they had no con- consultations whatsoever. And then of course, like with the women, um, they, they always go the, the extra mile to be a little pervy and to like, you know, feed, uh, <laughs> feed the their characters to the wolves and like i mean i i do it too like we talk i, I want to get kicked in the head by tifa for sure but like <laughs> but it is like it's kind of gross like I, I i'm totally hypocritical about that shit but yeah man it's it's pretty like apparent like how how little yeah. like um progress we've made with like game characters yeah. especially from like yeah, japanese sure. companies like <laughs> it's wild yeah. you see it a lot in like japanese things as well but i feel like you know it's gonna be a thing that happens slowly and surely over time mm-hmm. but you know there's countless examples of like anytime i'm watching an anime and a black character comes on screen i'm like jesus really yeah. like do you not know any black people what the fuck um chase what do you think about all this yeah um something if you if you're playing games and you really want to like begin to think about this sort of stuff like uh like carl's really starting to ask some like really interesting questions uh something to keep in mind here if you want to because a lot of like what i see when people have these conversations is that you get caught up in like especially if we're talking about the women uh characters like 
sexualization versus allowing characters to be sexy. And a big part of that is watching the camera, what Mm -hmm. the camera focuses on. And one of the big examples, at least from like my personal history is uh, whenever I noticed this was playing Mass Effect 2 with the character of Miranda. Oh, yeah. Which was, I I cannot remember the uh, actress's name who was modeled off of her. She was in Chuck as well. But uh, it's basically her likeness. But like... Her character, if you play through that game, if you spend the time to get to know her, is a really interesting and complex character. But damn, that camera does nothing but just put the booty immediately yep, in front of right you. Right in those cheeks. Yeah. So, yeah, which, and if we were to compare that to games like, say, Bayonetta or even like Nier uh, Automata, which allow their characters to be both sexy and sexualized, but the purpose of that is for their either empowerment or for like their ownership of that part of their uh, characterization. Yeah. So it is very important if you're looking at this sort of stuff to keep in mind what the purpose of it is and what the camera focuses on and why. Um, yeah. So you can at least like understand the difference and hold the the right character, the right companies who are doing this wrong, who are showing their asses um, accountable for their sins. Yeah. No, th- that's a great point, actually. I mean, even in near, like when, if you're being super pervy and there are times where like the game like doesn't that doesn't give you the option. Like if, if he's mm-hmm. like climbing a ladder, you're like, well, I guess I got to look at these yeeks the whole time. <laughs> but then there are other times too, where you're like, you know, sometimes, you know, you're kind of being cheeky, pun intended. And you're like, and they'll sort of like swaps the camera away. She turns around and sort of like makes you feel bad about it. If you're being like, mm-hmm. so there's like, that game does really interesting things in terms of like how it handles that. But yeah, that's a really good point that you bring up in terms of like the character, the difference between the differences between that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, I, I never generally have too much of a problem when they're like in the cases like Bayonetta or something. I feel like it's it seems like it's like that's the intention, right? It's like mm. it's made by this like pervy team, and it's like, look, man, we're putting our cards out there. We're not trying to like you know, we're not trying to like disguise it in any way. It's like, all right, I respect that at least. You're kind of you're saying it with your chest in that way, but um, yeah, it's in terms of the um the way it portrays Barrett, it, I think that's like the most disappointing thing for Mm. me especially like i tweeted about it i forget when it must have been it must have been over a year ago because um it was a while back i remember watching the trailer on the train home uh, back when we were allowed to go out in public and um (laughs) i remember seeing uh the trailer and like i almost did a spit take i was like i was drinking something on the way home and like uh, I tweeted about like, damn, why'd they give my guy Barrett the Robert Downey Jr. voice from Tropic Thunder? And that yeah. tweet is still gaining traction out there. Like I get notifications for it every once in a while. And I had to mute that thread, but I still get notifications whenever it gets like retweeted because there was a bunch of people in my options, like in my mentions rather, like just calling me the worst shit for bringing up the most apparent thing yeah. in that game, uh, which is like, like you said, like that sort of like weird you know jive that he that he uses in the game it's like so disappointing Mm -hmm. man it's like how many times i don't know it it always just comes back to me being like look how many black people do you know how many black people on the team how many like it's just like at this point it's like there's no excuse man like there's got to be more you can do more just do better that's like what we're always asking just just do better man i don't know um all right cool so we got a few voice messages this week. Oh, yeah. nice. So um, I'm going to kick things off first and foremost with our boy Jose. Uh, and here it goes. Hey, buddies at the Optional Podcast. Thank you for everything you do. Jose here, Instagram, Big Booty Qualms. My question is this. Do you have any video games you'd like to revisit and apply critical theory to? 
One of my favorites is Final Fantasy X 2 because of how it reads as a feminist answer to toxic male tropes like fridging the girlfriend that are rampant in JRPGs. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas had some evocative racial commentary for its time, with one of the first ever black male protagonists in video game history. In Mass Effect series, the Quarian and Geth read parallel to the Palestinian conflict in Israel. In Final Fantasy VI, Kafka's comeuppance smells a lot like Hitler's rise to power in post-World War I Germany. And in Parasite Eve, there was a lot of commentary on American gun culture from a Japanese perspective in a pre-Columbine time. Anyways, just wondering if there's any of your favorite video games you like to retroactively apply critical theory to. Thanks. Bye-bye. This is, first of all, a phenomenal question. Yeah, it's super good. Because <laughs> um, it's something that I also grapple with constantly when I'm listening to like uh, a bunch of old music from the 90s mm-hmm. or like from the 2000s. Even now. Like, <laughs> it, 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 even now. <laughs> yeah, it, like, it runs the gamut too. It's not one yeah. genre in particular. It's always like, oh my God, I can't believe I was like singing this mm-hmm. as a kid. Um, but yeah, does anything jump out to you guys uh, like immediately when you're hearing this question? Yeah, I, I don't tend I mean, to... Uh, sorry, Chase, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was going to say like this is actually really pertinent and um, keep an eye on stuff because I actually have a piece coming out in US Gamer that um, is applying critical theory to the Mass Effect series, uh, talking about military exceptionalism in that game mm. series. So if you want to read more about that, I got about 3,000 words coming your way. Oh, this sweet. Week, I so. can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. It's like my favorite, um, one of my favorite series ever. So. Yeah, I just replayed it earlier, and I think actually I was talking about that last time I came on the show, mm-hmm. but like it left me with some weird thoughts. Like I finished it, and this is why you got to go back and like listen to old music, watch old TV shows, because like one, it allows you to like revisit those memories, but you might come away feeling differently because you're a different person now and be like, shit, some of that hit differently this time. Oh my God. And yeah. You will grow if you think about that sort of stuff. So yeah, so look for that. But also another one, and I think another good one is uh, Morrowind. Um, Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. Oh, yeah. I I personally think so. It is a janky game mechanically speaking. Sure. It looks like shit, <laughs> but the sort of stuff that they're playing with uh, narratively, um, we're talking about like you know uh, imperial uh, hold on uh, native land. We're talking about people that are like uh, posting up like resistance movements to those things, as well as like how religion plays into both uh, fomenting uh, insurrection as well as like trying to tamp it down. Um, they really play with some interesting stuff in Morrowind. And it's not always perfect, but I think it's the most ambitious that game got in trying to really break with some like really old and musty fantasy tropes. So if you can get through it, if you can find a way to play it and appreciate it, Morrowind has a lot to offer you in that respect. That's pretty cool. Uh, Cam, what were you about to say? No, I was saying I don't tend to like revisit a ton of games until they're like either like remastered or... Uh, have a remake to them. Um, and the first thing that came mm-hmm. to mind is like, you, we've talked about it here a lot as the modern warfare series and how like, especially when they did that first remaster for modern warfare, um, the first one, uh, that game is just really hard to like play, like with all the mm-hmm. stuff we've learned over the years about the war and the forever war that this country has been in and, uh, how much I've grown in like the, political space i guess like and how much more i'd pay attention to that stuff i guess that is just growing up but like the game hit when i was a late teen and now it's you know i'm in my late 30s um, early 30s and it's just like it's really hard to like get past a lot of that shit like i was mm-hmm. um even like i was watching um die hard with a vengeance the other day and I was like, "Fuck this! This movie sucks. <laughs> it's it's really <laughs> bad." Like I love, like in my head, I love that movie, 
And it's just Same. it's so hard to like hmm. just think about like die with a vengeance. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but it's just so hard to like get past some of the stuff that they're talking about. I'm like, oh my god, this movie sucks so bad. It's yeah. like it's still fun, it's but it's just weird. like it's really cringy. Um yeah, but yeah, like I, a lot of blue lives matter energy in that oh, movie. Sometimes. Absolutely, mm. and a lot of reverse racism in that movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> like it's so yeah. weird. That's the whole movie. Like it's like, oh, reverse racism is bad. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think Modern Warfare just jumps out at me. Like, what about you, man? Yeah. Um, no, you both bring up excellent points. I'm actually glad this was such a great such question, great Jose. Thing, Thank yeah. you so much for sending this in. But yeah, actually. Um, I thought immediately about a game series that I've been revisiting lately. And I mean, I also want to quickly shout out um, this piece that I mentioned actually in a, in a post, in a video that I created recently, um, not too long ago, um, about Journey to the Savage Planet and the way that game uses that word in particular in relation to, you know, the sort of tropes um, in relation to things like exploration and being, a, um, you know, like a colonizer and stuff like that, which the game constantly refers to and jokes about and hits a little differently if you're, you know, a descendant of, <laughs> of that sort of thing. So um, it, uh, I mentioned a piece in there called Civilization and Strategy Games Progress Delusion by uh, Gabriel Suarez on Vice, which I also highly recommend reading. Um, and it's sort of like very, very topical right now too because there's, a, there's like a discussion happening in social media about sort of uh, tabletop role-playing games and some things that are in those games uh, that can be pretty problematic when you really put, a, put them under a microscope. And like you mentioned, Chase, with like things like Morrowind and stuff, like there are some things in there that are just like, you know, like no one really questioned it for a long time because mm-hmm. it was just like, you know, kind of like, kind of like Cam was saying too, a, a little bit of like, you know, uh, people not really thinking about it as hard, but also just like those voices not necessarily bubbling up to the top. And now they kind of are, by virtue of like social media and writing and access to information. So it kind of seems like a shock to the system to a lot of folks out there, especially younger folks, you know, especially younger folks who hop in my mentions sometimes, which I understand like there's a very clear, um, that's a problem or one of the challenges I would say with video games is like for the longest time it was talked about and marketed as, you know, these toys and playful experiences and like, and I think the three of us can agree that like, we obviously see them as something much more, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I love to have fun, but I also think these things are very powerful tools and for carrying out messages and they have, you know, the ability to really reach a huge audience and impact the way people think, right? So it's like there are a lot of people out there who can't, who or I guess choose not to see that in terms of like you're just you know, letting the real world into this thing that is a distraction for me, like get that away from me. Um, But I do think that there's a way to have both discussions. Like you can actually, I mean, this is really obvious to our listeners and to you guys as well, but I think it just sort of bears repeating for even new listeners is like, I had fun with Journey to the Savage Planet. (laughs) That's the craziest part for me is like, I thought that game was pretty fun and it actually reminded me of a game that I really missed. Um, I just think that some of the jokes were corny and I think that like some of the language was, it could have been finessed a little bit and fine-tuned a bit more. Um, And that's sort of like the the balance you, you have to take with games. A lot of times like, I loved Modern Warfare. There were parts of Modern Warfare that I didn't love too. Um, So the first thing that jumped out at me actually was um, the Streets of Rage series. So like, I love those games. I hold them near and dear to my heart. As a kid, I played them all the time and I still play them all the time. But, 
you know, holding up a, a magnifying glass to like Streets of Rage 2 and, and 3 especially, especially if you play the Japanese version, um, there are things in there that aren't like, you know, they're not, they're not perfect. Obviously, like certain, you know, tropes and um, stereotypes are definitely exaggerated. Like, you know, there's like dudes with like no shirt on and gold chains and there's like, you know, just like kind of corny 90s era um, stereotypes and like, you know, it's not perfect. It's obviously like also a reflection of like the way we viewed um, cities at that mm-hmm. time as like these sort of like underbelly, gritty, like poverty stricken, crime infested, like, you know, areas. So it definitely has some of that like, you know, aroma of the 90s of like people who like viewed that stuff a certain way. And it's it, it's hard to deny that. Right. But at the same time, you have to like, you know, navigate that you know in in a way that doesn't like piss people off too much because like you're trying to deliver a message those messages are going to like hopefully land for people who want to think about things a Mm -hmm. bit more i think like for the younger audience out there who are just like not tapped into this kind of discussions and and these discussions it'll just sort of like go over their heads and they might not even be interested in hearing any of this stuff and that's fine like i don't i don't necessarily like i don't try to preach it too much and i don't try to like condemn people for not paying attention and caring about this stuff i do think like cam said it's a it's a matter of like you know give them some time let them get a little older let them get some life experience in them and meet some more folks from different backgrounds and like you know maybe you'll start to think about it in 10 years but for now just like you know have an open mind also if you're like if you don't want to hear this stuff don't uh don't attack the people (laughs) who are who are writing and and making videos about it um just an idea i don't know uh any final thoughts before we move on no, good. Cool, cool, cool. Um, all right, so this next question comes in from Damon, and here we go. Yeah, what up, Paul and Cam? This is Damon, a.k.a. Nomad in the Discord. I want to send a shout-out to the Optional Discord crew. Thanks for the Animal Crossing tips. Speaking of Animal Crossing, yo, guys, by the time you guys hear this, I'll be on my third day. So what are some first week tips or can you give me your top three first week tips for people playing Animal Crossing? Yo, if y'all are listening to this podcast and you got to go out there into the world, uh, yo, be safe and stay well. And generally for everyone, be safe and stay well. Peace, y'all. Thanks, Damon. All right. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Damon. appreciate that. Uh, uh, Cam, what you yeah, got? Yeah, so I would say um, be, be patient. Like give yourself... Uh, Give this game kind of like a, a pass because there is a cap on what you can do in this game. Um, you can always keep catching fish and stuff like that, but once your chores are done, like put it down. Like it's it's fine. Like that's what the game kind of warrants, um, and I think that's like fine. And it 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 is like kind of a breath of fresh air for a game. Um, so you don't end up spending five hours playing a game like this. You you could just play it for an hour and a half or an hour and just chill out for the rest of the day or go on to something else that you want to play. So um, definitely your first week, you know, you want to just keep checking in, make sure you hit all your rocks, dig up all the the fossils and stuff like that, um, finish all your chores, and then put it down. What about you guys? Chase, what about you? Uh, so that first week tip, um, don't break those rocks. Don't be eating yeah, fruit yeah. and then go chopping down trees or breaking rocks because uh, they respawn slow. Um, that was something that, cause that's new to the series. So even if you're kind of a, uh, animal crossing old head and you're coming to this one, like 
that's a, that's a new thing. And like, I, I almost messed myself up breaking all those rocks, but, uh, so yeah. And then if you just like, don't want to get into one of the systems, like you don't know about fishing or you just don't want to catch bugs or you don't want to hit rocks. Like that's totally cool. One of the cool things is like, there's no like weird progression gates where like the game's going to tell you to go back and get into this stuff. You're not going to be like under leveled. Like that's one of the great things about this game. There's no levels. There's no weird like number progression stuff. So like, Come at the content at your own pace. Feel free to set stuff aside if it ain't interesting. Then later on, you might see like the 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 joy in getting into it. Um, and yeah, I think I just want to like double down on what Cam said of like that first week is rough. It's like a <laughs> it's a week long tutorial and it gets yeah. kind of weird. So like yeah, just hold out any opinions. Uh, give it seven days, that full week until you get to the point where the game kind of feels like it opens up, and then see how you feel about it. Then. Yeah, I mean, echoing what y'all said already, like, I think, um, kind of like you mentioned, I think there's a really easy way, easy trap to fall into that's like, oh my god, like, you know, Ren's Island looks amazing, like, why doesn't my Mm -hmm. island look like this in a week or a month even? Um, And I think... um, kind of like you both already said, just kind of like take things at your own pace. I also think it's important to um, focus on one thing at a time. I think it's really easy to like um, worry your brain about like, oh my God, everything needs to be perfect for like three months from now. I think it's like, I always think about this like really cheesy uh, Will Smith quote (laughs) that he's like talking about building a wall and he's like, just worry about one brick at a time. And then before you know it, you take a step back and, oh, shit, you have a wall. Um, so, I, like, for me, that was, like, let me just focus on the museum this week. And I focused on the museum. I focused on, like, laying out the museum and building enough stuff for the museum. And I was like, okay, cool. So now behind that, I'm going to put my two stores and I'm going to lay a road around. Like, so just worry about things, like, one at a time. And if you don't want to care about, you know, crossbreeding flowers, don't worry about that. If you don't want to get into fishing, like Chase said, don't worry about that. Don't worry about like trying to find the perfect tarantula islands and stuff. Like there's definitely going to be ways to, to eventually like absorb all of that information eventually. But I think it's also important to um, also use your, um, use your friends, like not, not like that, but like uh, <laughs> utilize your friends, uh, you know, um, their like their progress. Right. So mm-hmm. using the discord, be like, Hey, who has, iron because i have mad iron so if you need iron i got you i'll just come by i'll mail it to you um so yeah use your resources use your network um the discord is perfect for that kind of thing so if you have any questions or if you have any requests even um you know i'm sure folks in there will be happy to help you out um they have been so far so it's been really wonderful to see uh it warms my heart um all right cool so our last question or slash comment comes from jesse and here it goes Hey, Paul and Kim, this is Jesse from the Discord. Just wanted to call, uh, say hi. Haven't done a voice message before. Um, don't have a question this week, but wanted to say thanks to all the optional Discord people, especially in the Animal Crossing active channel, um, who've been helping me out. And just we've been having a lot of fun together. It's been really great. Um, I'm still going to work two days a week. And um, I work at a a homeless services agency, and it's been pretty intense in New York, just like going to work and the work itself. And it's been nice to come home and relax and have some other folks to water flowers with and trade items and do all that stuff. Um, Hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone has a good week. And uh, looking forward to the next podcast. 
Right on. Thanks, yeah, Jesse. Yeah, keep sending in those uh, check-ins, man. I, I love this stuff. Yeah. Seriously, please keep doing that. I love to hear from everybody. And also just, like, give us some inspiration for things that I, like, haven't even considered. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, maybe I should pick up, I don't know, baking or whatever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's cool, man. I, I can't talk enough about the... Uh, animal crossing room we have in our discord it's like it's it's really cool I, i've been learning things about that like people have been putting twitter videos and like graphs and stuff and like i really have learned a lot just by way of the the discord i think that's like one of the the cooler things about this game so far too is that like seeing the shared knowledge come mm-hmm. together and the sort of like pooling mm-hmm. everybody's resources together it's like i mean th- that was one of the tips I put in actually I'll link um I'll send uh, Damon some of the videos I made too but like one of the things I love about Animal Crossing is that is like that community sort of effort and you know collective uh, work that everyone works together. I love how also like forgiving that game is as well. Like it also like teaches you like you can't really make mistakes in that game too much. You might have to wait for the mistakes to, to fix. Like like you said about the like hitting the rocks and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like. Um, but I like, I remember during the, uh, the Easter, uh, bunny event or whatever, um, I didn't have any of the blo- blossoming trees because I took off all the non-fruit island, um, non-fruit trees from my island. And <laughs> I realized that I was putting them back into the, the island, like inadvertently, like by making money trees. So like the game, like will always fix itself like some one way or another, like you'll always get like those non-fruit trees if you keep planting money trees or stuff like that. So it's like, it's a weird like balance. Like the game is so smart. In that yeah. Way. I don't know. I love it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, all right, cool. Jumping into feeling it. Feeling is where we take one thing that we absolutely love from the past week that we've stumbled across that we think is worth sharing. Um, Chase, since you're our guest, why don't you go first? I know you've been talking about this to me in particular. Ooh, so I'm curious to hear about this. Yeah. Yeah, this is a this is a good show. Um, so my feeling it this week is Little Fires Everywhere, which is on Hulu. It's based off of the book by the same name by Celeste Ng. Uh, it it opens up with a with a with a, a house that's burned down, and um, the, the family's outside, and like there's sort of like a mystery in that first uh, first little bit, that first opening about like who started the fire, who did this, and there's some question. And the show's kind of about that, but really it's about mothers, daughters. It's about trying to find empathy with each other while also coming up against big racial barriers uh, of like really crossing that empathy. The two main characters are, excuse me, um, Reese Witherspoon's character, Elena Richardson, who's the matriarch of this sort of um, upper class white family in the town of Shaker Heights, Ohio, which styles itself as like, Ohio's best integrated community. It's like just outside of, it's like an hour outside of Chicago. So past the suburbs and into like the more like sort of like real suburban sprawl outside of Chicago. And uh, the other person is Mia Warren played by Carrie Washington. And oh my God, she's incredible in this show. She's so good. Um, If you haven't seen anything by her, like you're going to just like want to watch anything she's in because of her performance here. Uh, But she plays Mia Warren, which is this uh, single black mom with a daughter and they travel into Shaker Heights and they get involved with the Richardson family by renting one of their houses. Um, And so they, Mia and her daughter get integrated into this life and like the life of the Richardsons in small ways. And like they clash and they sort of like learn from each other. And then there's this whole like building tension uh, around a lot of different stuff. And I don't want to give anything else away, but like 
the show definitely goes to great lengths to try to like explain and show how mothers or how parents like will inadvertently pass down sort of like their own sins, their sort of like trauma that they're carrying to their children in ways that they don't understand. And the children grow up and understand that trauma differently from the parents. And they're not wrong. They just don't quite understand the life that their parents came uh, from. And throughout the show, there are flashbacks to both Elena and Mia's life to kind of show how they became the people that they are and why they're dealing with these problems. And the show definitely wants you to sympathize with these people. But Elena Richardson, the, the, the Reese Witherspoon's character throughout the show comes like so close to understanding uh, Mia um, and like her life. And there are moments where you're like, oh my God, these two in a different life could have been friends. And then she fucks up and says something that only like a very rich white waspy woman would say. And you can just mm. see the scales fall from her eyes and like see that gulf between them and realize you never understood what I was going through. It's also very specifically '90s. Like everyone's drinking Slim Fast. <laughs> like they're, 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 she's got a car, she's got a big ass car phone. It's this chunky gray plastic phone. Um, she has like book clubs and wine nights with her moms. Like she's got like this like board that she has all of her four kids like dates like lined out like their entire days and different numbers. It's such a great show that um, like really showcases like different understandings of like trauma and motherhood from like both sides of like whether you come from like predominant, like like hegemonic part of our society, or if you come from like a minority uh, community, because like whether there are similarities or not, there are huge differences that maybe will never allow you to cross them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's beautiful. It's heartbreaking. I definitely recommend it. Awesome. This sounds so good, man. I've, I've been meaning to put this on the queue. So this is just like leap to the yeah, front. My, my partner's been watching it. So I've, I've seen a couple episodes here and there and I'm like, every time like I'm just playing my switch and I'm just like watching, I'm like, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> like, what did yeah, you just say? Yeah. God damn, she's nah, got really real. Good. Um, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check this out. I remember you talking to me about this a while ago, and I'm like, yeah, I've been meaning to put this on my queue. But uh, yeah, this sounds amazing, man. Um, Yo, did you cool, watch so Dead Oh my no, God, I watched Debs. Oh. Yeah, you got to watch it, man. That's, so that's part of like the, the, the COVID problem right now is like... It, 40 different people being like, have you watched this? Have you watched that? Have you watched this? So like, yeah, I need to really It's also hard to convince time people to watch like... devs because you can't really explain it too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, yeah. Gita gave me like a little bit of an extra additional description of it. So I know, I know more of like okay. what it sort of gets into. So I'm curious about that part, but yeah, I promise next week I'll have watched both shows. <laughs> I, I swear. I, I promise. Yeah. Um, I'm going to quickly go real quick. Cause uh, this is kind of like, uh, loosely related but um actually uh shout out to natalie who's been giving me the fire recommendations for like the past months and i just have been slacking on them for, for so long um but i finally got around and this has been like weeks at this point but I, i'm like finally really really getting into it it's only i think eight or nine episodes but it's a show on hulu called sherman's showcase it's on ifc as well i think that's where it originally airs and um, Sherman's Showcase, for those who don't know, uh, is a fictional or yeah, it's a fictional like mockumentary style series around uh, a fake show that's like very much like Soul Train or any of those kind of uh, shows at the time um, that 
had a run until like from the seventies up until very recently. And it's a look back at this, like, you know, really culturally impactful show and sort of like the highs and lows of it all. And it really like, it links to actual musicians and um, real world events and stuff that there's a character who like is very clearly supposed to be Prince. There's also like someone playing Mary J. Blige in one episode, (laughs) which is hilarious. John legends in it. Like the cameos are like, wild like they're all over the place like you'll see somebody and they're like oh snap that's that's pretty wild um but the the premise of the show is like it's a look back at the show um uh sherman showcase in this uh in this case and it follows sherman mcdaniels and his like production crew um as they sort of like remember uh really controversial moments in the show's history or like moments where they sort of like had uh they sort of featured uh an artist who like went on to blow up and stuff, but it is like basically a sketch comedy show that has some of like the funniest writing I've like seen (laughs) and heard in a long time, because a lot of the jokes are very clearly from like a black perspective and and particularly like a perspective that's like, you know, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it is just like, so, sharp like the writing is so genius in so many different ways because like it's reflected in the music like in the lyrics in the way that like like the dancers move or like when like the background dancers there's like a segment at the start of every show where they highlight the dancers and the dancers have like these little like fun tidbits that show up on screen and they're just very random (laughs) there's like a um there's a trailer for a movie called um black people were right where it's like it's it's basically like um, one of those sort of like Oscar bait movies that's like like Spotlight or um, The Report mm. where it's like people investigating something and it's like these two black dudes investigating like these conspiracies and they find out that they're actually <laughs> right. So it's like the funniest stuff that you've ever heard about like in terms of like those conspiracies and stuff and they present it as this very serious thing. There was a show, there was a song rather, um, there was like, oh, they're like, we've got this new sound coming out of... Um, coming out of like the the dmv called go go and then it's like a song that's called um black people uh or like the only black kids at a white school so the lyrics are all about like you know like white people asking them like these really stupid questions or like you know like these things that they're they get tired of so it's like full of stuff like that that you're like this is genius like i have never seen anything like this or i've seen you've seen like hints of it in things like you know Chappelle's show or or whatever like throughout the history of like all these phenomenal shows and movies out there but this seems like this really cool mixtape of all that stuff together like with the additional bonus of like seeing these really cool cameos and like these people playing other artists and stuff it's like it is so genius. I cannot recommend it enough. It also makes sense that it's on IFC because it kind of reminds me of that other show where it's like they're riffing off of like documentary show series. Like it, um, I forget what it's called. Documentary um, Now. Documentary Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like that. It feels like, oh, it's like the. I, I would recommend folks giving it like two or three episodes because the first episode isn't too strong. It sort of has its own pace and its own style. Um, that can sort of feel off-putting, but I think like once you get the hang of it, it's like some of the best comedy I've seen in a long time. I cannot recommend it enough. It is so funny. It's on Hulu. I'll have the link in the newsletter. It's called Sherman's Showcase. Uh, definitely go check that out. It's I can't recommend it enough. It's so good. That's good. Yeah, I definitely didn't Damn, what you got? watch that. Um, yeah, so I've been watching the show that 
it I just randomly found it on like one of like you know how like Netflix has that like top ten list. Uh, the show called Outer Banks, and it's about um, it takes place in the Outer Banks, which is like a group of islands off the coast of North Carolina, um, and it's about these four friends who are locals there, and uh, it takes place in the summer, and the ringleader, uh, who's like the the leader of the group, his father goes missing in the wake of um, this hurricane that they have. Actually, his father went missing a long time ago, but they have um, this this hurricane came by during the summer and like kind of messed up like the local businesses and stuff. So it's like about these kids going about their like they're technically kind of poor. Um, they're kind of like hillbilly surfer punks um, and they have to battle with it's it's like the classic like 80s teen movie trope of like the rich kids come to town during the summer and use up all of our resources and then just get to go home at the end of the summer while we're still working and and the like, you know diving into like our day-to-day lives and having to deal with uh not having electricity because of this hurricane and stuff like that but amidst all of this they're trying to figure out what happened to this guy's father um while also solving the mystery of like this legendary treasure uh, that went missing, um, that's supposed to be hidden on one, uh, on their island, like back in like during like the 1600s or something like that. So it's like this really cool kind of Goonies esque vibe of like teens uh, going throughout their teen world, like growing up, um, having like a fun summer, while also like gets really dark and trying to figure out the mystery of their um, of this guy's father. Um, and it's just weird. It's a weird show, but it's super fucking addicting. Like, it shouldn't be good, but it's very good. Because it's like, <laughs> it, I, I can't stop watching it. Well, I, I finished it already, but um, it's just, I don't know. I just miss those type of movies where, like, kids are just kind of being kids um, while also getting to this wacky adventure that would never happen in real life. Um but it also like kind of like dives into some like gunfights randomly, and it's just like what's what's happening in this fucking this <laughs> world. But it, it it basically breaks everything down into like class base, um, like this class based trope of you know rich surfer kids coming to the, the poor kids town. They don't really dive into race at all, which is a little disappointing. But they kind of just break everything down into a poor or rich. Um, and how those worlds intersect. It's a very like fun show. I, I think it's worth a watch. Like I'm so super surprised that I watched all of it because it was like this this can't be good because it's like all these really attractive <laughs> teens and like you know like these people are not fucking poor. I know that like for a fact. It's great. It's good. Um, That's yeah, awesome. It's a, it's a fun. Yeah, little I gotta show. check that out too. Uh, nice, nice. Also, um, I didn't know there was islands off right, cool. North Carolina. So. I didn't know that either. (laughs) Learn something new every day. Um, All right, cool. Uh, Before we wrap up the show, Chase, thank you so much for joining us. Seriously. Yeah, of course. Really appreciate it, man. Um, How can the people find you online as well as, you know, the rest of your your, your goings on? Yeah, uh, pretty much anything of note that I do, I'll post about it on Twitter. You can find me at Chase Writes. So any writing I do, podcast that's coming up, I'll uh, promote it there. If you just want to see me post some cats sometime or just talk shit about video games i'll do it all there so that's where you can find it shit nice 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 
Uh, Kim, how about you, man? Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at CappyCantLose, C-A-P-I-C-A-N-T-L-O-S-E. Uh, yeah, hit me up there. Nice. Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch, no. by the way. Please follow me on Twitch. Uh, Polly Mayo, P-O-L-I-M as in Mario, A-Y-O. Um, yeah, hit me up. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you. Let's just, let's just be nice about it. Um, all right, cool. Thank you for listening this week. If you have any questions or comments, please send them over to questions at the-optional.com. We would love to hear from you. Um, you can also send your questions into our Discord questions channel or using the Anchor app if you go to anchor.fm slash the optional podcast. Oh, no, it's anchor.fm slash the optional podcast. Yeah, and where you can find a link to send us questions and also, you know, give us as low as a dollar a month if you want to support the show for more. If you want to give us a big hand, a big helping hand here, please go to the um, iTunes and give us a review on there it really 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 helps us out we'll have links to all this stuff in the newsletter so sign up for that um, so we're on iTunes Google Play Stitcher Anchor and Spotify um, if you can uh, if you want to just share the show with your friends you can also just send them over to theoptionalpodcast.com that's where you can find links to everything as well um, we're on Twitter at theoptionalnyc and their show's music is by the one and only Levi Pack you can find them on Twitter at underscore L-E-V-I P-A-C-K so until next time everyone peace peace, oh, peace. the optional podcast hosted by paul tamayo and Cam Brewster. Video game commentary for the rest of us.